Taking a stand against the tricks and temptations of the enemy. That's our topic today on Bold Steps with Mark Job. There are schemes to try to derail you from your walk with God, to make you disillusioned and live sort of in the la-la land of carnality for the rest of your life. The enemy is out to take away your mission because there's nothing more dangerous than a man or woman who knows their mission and knows their God. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Yesterday, Mark started his message titled, You Can Win the Battle. And today, as we move forward in our study from the book of Ephesians, we're going to learn more about the enemy and the equipment we need to win the battle. We're in chapter 6, verse 10. And let's not delay any longer from a series, When You Believe Everything Changes, here's Mark Job. Secondly, Jot this down, verse 11. You win in modern warfare when you put on the full armor of God. Verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's a couple things that pop out at me here. Number one, it's got to be the full armor. Not just half an armor. Not just some of the armor. But it's got to be the full armor Because if you don't have the full armor on, you're leaving, well, you're leaving yourself vulnerable to the enemy. If you have the breastplate but don't have the helmet, something's going to hit your head. If you have the shield but don't have the breastplate, listen, something's going to get through. So you need to have the full armor of God. Why the full armor of God? So that you can take your stand. What stand are we taking? The stand where God has placed you. Because every man, woman, and child and senior has a call upon their life. You have a call and a purpose and a destiny. Right now, you are in the place you are at because God has a purpose for that place. You are in the family you are at because God has a purpose for that family. You are in the job you are at because God wants a witness at that, at that, at that job you are at. You are in the neighborhood that you are at, not by coincidence, because God wants someone living on your block that knows Jesus and that has the Spirit of God inside of them. Listen, you have a call, and you have a purpose, and you have a destiny, and God says, I need someone to take a stand, because I have a mission and a plan for your life. Oh, you better believe me, Father, that you you have a stand that you need to take in your family. And you need to say, listen, I'm a man of God. This is my family. I will take a stand. I will battle for my family. I will take my position. I know the enemy will try to knock me down, tear me down, try to make me not lead and not pray and not influence my family. But I will take a stand here and I will be ready because I have a calling upon this family and this season of my life. You take a stand, he says, when I, I was in wrestling in high school, and, and, and one of the first things that they teach you in wrestling is to take a stand. Oh, I practiced it. 
Oh, it's been a long time, but it was, it was something like this. Oh, there's a reason behind that, right? You don't go wrestle like this. Never seen a wrestler that goes like this. Okay, come on, come on. You're like this, you get knocked down. Double leg takedown. Pushed over. You take a stand because, hey, if you're pushed, hey, you got something to fall back on. You're full balance. You don't want to get tied up. You push your hands away. You tie them up. You use the pressure. You use the leverage. You use the moves. Why? Because you're in battle mode. It says, so that put on the full armor so that you can stand. Put on the full armor of God and so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes because schemes has to do with trickery. Schemes has to do with tactics that try to get you down. Listen, I want to guarantee you if you are a follower of Jesus today and have the Holy Spirit inside of you today that there are schemes to try to derail you from your walk with God. That there are tactics the enemy is using to distract you, discourage you, to make you disillusioned, to try to disorient your spiritual life, to try to get you off track so that you can go into neutral land and do nothing for the kingdom of God or get discouraged and leave the things of God or become carnal and live sort of in the la-la land of carnality for the rest of your life. Listen, I can guarantee you the enemy is out to take away your mission, to try to take you away from the God-given purposes in your heart because there's nothing more dangerous than a man or woman who knows their mission and knows their God. Now, the thing about a scheme is a scheme is not a frontal attack. The scheme is a trickery of a side attack, a disorientation, visual manipulation to be able to take you unaware. And he says, I want you to put on the full armor. I want you to take a stand because the enemy is going to scheme. He's going to come at you. Listen, how many of you know that the enemy also knows your most vulnerable areas in life? He knows. And he's going to wait till you're discouraged or wait till you're distracted to kind of offer you the most vulnerable thing that you always fall for. Lure you into it. Entice you with it. And finally, when you give into it, then lambast you with shame and guilt and pound you with failure and rejection. And how could you when you say, you're a Christian, you're not. You might as well go to the world and live there the rest of your life. You'll never make it. That's the way he operates. That's the way he works. And that's why the Apostle Paul is warning this church and these people, these individuals, hey, you need to put on the full armor and you need to take your stand and you need to be aware that the enemy is out to get you and there will be schemes and there will be tactics and it is constantly a battle. There is no safe zone here. This is a battle zone. Verse 12, third point. You win in modern warfare when you know who the real enemy is. And he goes on and he says, hey, for our struggle, our battle 
is not against flesh and blood. You're not battling against Jose or Peter or Mary or Zenaida or Josephine. That's not who you're battling against. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. Your battle is against rulers and against authorities, against powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realm. In other words, your battle is a spiritual battle. Don't don't begin to think for a moment that your real enemy is a person or persons or individuals because the real battle is the forces behind those individuals that move them, that cause them to have these attitudes, that cause them to, to uh, conspire against us. Do you remember Jesus when he talked to Peter, his disciple? There was one moment where, where Jesus talked that he would go to the cross and die. And Peter said, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen to you. Oh, no, no, don't worry. That's not going to. And Jesus said to Peter, get thee. What do you say? Get thee behind me. Who? Satan. Hold on. Was Peter Satan? No, no, no. Peter wasn't Satan. Peter was just a good guy trying to follow Jesus. That happened to lapse into a moment of carnality. And in that moment of carnality, the the enemy used his words to try to discourage Jesus from his mission and call. You know, good people can give us bad advice. Do you know that the enemy can use anybody or anything to try to lead us astray and go in the wrong direction? Oh, Peter wasn't Satan. He was just being used of Satan at the moment to try to discourage Jesus from his call. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He recognized that it wasn't the voice of Peter. This was the voice of someone behind Peter. This was the voice of someone influencing Peter. This was the voice of someone that was using Peter to try to get to him. The enemy will come at you any way he can. He'll come at you through the voice of a mother, brother, sister, father, aunt, and uncle, sometimes meaning well, sometimes loving us, but giving us the bad advice or wrong direction or wrong insight into our life, discouraging us from the purposes of God, trying to keep us from what God is calling us to do. And we have to realize that our battle is not them, that our battle is not that person of physical people that our battle is a bigger battle it's against the powers and rulers and authorities against it's against the invisible forces that are out there it's against the spiritual forces that are organized to tear you down oh they're organized oh don't think for one moment that it's just some sort of disorganized, chaotic thing in the spiritual realm. The Bible says that these spiritual forces, they're organized, they are cunning, they are scheming, and they're out to try to derail and take out everybody that rises with a mission and call. Oh, you want to stay safe? Don't do anything. Don't take a stand. Don't raise your voice. Don't know your call. Live a life for yourself in neutral. They don't need to worry about you. You've already done you've already done in yourself. So why should they have to neutralize you? 
start stepping up to your call. Start making a difference. Start influencing people. And you're going to know what spiritual battle is. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job on Bold Steps. We'll continue his message in a moment. Maybe this message has inspired you to go deeper in your study of the book of Ephesians. Let me invite you to our website, boldstepsradio.org, and explore those resources. There's also a place there to share your bold testimony, and there's a link where you can ask Mark a question. Speaking of those questions, Mark, I happen to have one in my back pocket here today. (laughs) This comes from Lee in Nashville, who wants to know more about the enemy we face and our assurance of salvation. He says, if we cannot lose our salvation... What about Lucifer when he was cast out of heaven? He lost his salvation. Yeah, thank you, Lee. I appreciate that. And I've had so many conversations with people over the years, and there's some great, strong believers that hold convictions on both sides, assurance of salvation, and those that believe you can lose your salvation. I fall in the camp of believing that Scripture teaches that if you're truly born again, truly born again, not just a profession that you can't be unborn again. Mm. My sons and daughters, they were born of us. And there may be times when I'm not proud of how they're living, and sometimes they may not act according to the Job heritage, but they cannot cease to be my sons or daughters. And Lucifer, he was cast down, you're right, Lee, uh, but angels fall into a different category. Angels um, are not in the category of salvation oh, as we never would, thought of it from that perspective. Yeah, as we would talk about it, uh, uh, they're they're not born in the seed of Adam. The seed of Adam is where Jesus came to die. Again, animals are living beings, but they're not there. Uh, angels are in a different category than the human race, and so Jesus did not die to save angels. He died for human beings, and so that idea of salvation doesn't actually apply to angelic beings. But thank you, Lee, from Nashville for your question, and I hope that gives a little bit of perspective. Yeah. So, and by the way, we love to hear questions from our listeners. Some of them we'll answer on air, those that we can. Others will try to answer directly to you. But if you have a question of any kind that you say, hey, I've been thinking about this, then please go to our website and click on the link at boldstepsradio.org. That's a great answer today, by the way, Mark. Thank you for that. Let's go back into the second half of our message now with Mark Job. Just as real as the spiritual world is of the Holy Spirit, so is the world of the other spirits. Now, once in a while, I'll say, Pastor, people ask me, Pastor, well, can a Christian be demon-possessed? I don't believe that a Christian can be demonized because I believe that possession implies ownership and permanence, and we are already owned by a spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit. However, I believe that believers can be oppressed. I believe that you can be messed with, oppressed, deceived, discouraged. That there's spiritual influences that can try to take you out. They cannot own you. They cannot possess you. But they can discourage, oppress, disorient, try to get you from 
your strength, which is the power of the Spirit of God. And he goes on to say, listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So not only must you understand who your real enemy is, but you also must understand what it tells us in verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, still stand. The day of evil will come. What is the day of evil? The day of evil is the day of temptation. The day of temptation is that time when your soul is tempted beyond what you think you can bear. It's a time when you are tested, when you are tried, when you are, when the floodgates are opened and you are swept under those floodgates and you are wondering, can I survive this test? Will I be able to endure? Can I make it through this? The day of testing will come where you will be stretched to the ultimate point, the limit of your faith, where you think, I don't think I can endure this. I'm not sure I will survive this. I'm not sure I can come out floating above these waters. That is the day of testing, and it comes to everyone. Thank God that the Apostle Paul tells us, listen, there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common unto man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able to bear, but will with the temptation also provide a way of escape. The day of Jesus' ultimate test came on the cross when he cried, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But yet into his hands he commended his spirit. What Paul is saying is that day is going to come when you put on the full armor, the day of evil comes. And you have to be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, and after you have fought, and after you have battled, and after you have clung, that when all the dust is settled and when all clears, you may be bloody, you may be a little beaten up, you may be torn a little bit, you may have some scars, but when the dust settles, man, you're still standing. Then Paul goes on to say, listen, if you're going to make this happen, verse 14, Stand firm. You know, there's probably one message that we need to hear more than any other message. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Have you ever played King of the Hill? King of the Hills, you try to get to the top and someone else tries to knock you down. You hang on, you grab, you try to stand firm because people are going to knock you off. That's a little bit what happens in the spiritual realm. He says, stand firm. Because you're going to be trying to, people are going to try to derail you, knock you down, tear you down from where you're supposed to be. He says, stand firm. And then he tells us how we are to stand firm. He says, basically, you need to stand firm, but you can't stand firm on your own. You need to stand firm. A lot of people don't, don't maintain their position of blessing. 
I think there's a place that God blesses and a place that God doesn't bless. I think you stand in a place where you say, here I am, God. I think the enemy wants to knock you out of your place of blessing. And I run into people all the time that they say, I don't know what's happening in my life, this and that. You know what? You're not standing firm in your place of blessing because it's hard to stay there. It's hard to stay in the place of purity when you're single and stand firm. Well, I'm trying to, God, but man, I'm getting discouraged. I'm getting lonely. This is hard. Boom, I fall out of it. And then you suffer the consequences of it. And you say, I don't know what's happening. I know what it's, what's happening. You didn't stand firm. Come on, stand firm now. You're trying to stand firm as a woman of God in your household and trying to be a blessing to your kids. And it gets overwhelming and discouraging. So you fall into the area of bitterness, resentment, fighting, gossip. And, and you don't know what's happened. I know what's happened. You didn't stand firm. Standing firm is tough. Standing firm is hard. Standing firm requires a sense of I will not give up and I know I'm being pressured and I know it's hard to stay in the right place for a long time, but I'm going to stay long enough to get everything God has for me and to let God do everything he wants to do through me because I'm standing firm. It's like Moses. When he went to the battle, they raised his arms and they would win the battle. He'd put his arms down and they'd start losing the battle, but he would get tired. Some of us get tired and so we stop standing firm. And you say, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to release. And you forgive and release. And then they do something else and you stop standing firm. I'm going to be faithful in my finances. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to bless God. I'm going to be generous. And it works for a while. Then you stop standing firm. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to lead my household. I'm going to break this generational cycle. This next cycle is not going to be what I was. And you stand firm for a while, then it gets tough, and you fall back into the old cycle, and you wonder why your kids are going back to the old cycle. You wonder why it's happening. Listen, you're not standing firm. Nothing good ever happens unless we stand firm. We're not like the wave of the sea tossed back and forth by every wave. Man, we need a place where people decide, this is my place. I will stand firm. I'm not falling off. I'm not falling on. I'm not going forward or backward. I'm standing right here where God wants me to stand. I'm standing firm in the name of Jesus. Doing our part to win the battle. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job on Bold Steps. If you've missed any of the messages in this engaging series, you can catch up online when you visit us at boldstepsradio.org. And you can find even more sermons from Mark by visiting moodyaudio.com. Feel free to search for the message based on a specific topic, sermon series, or a book in the Bible. Check it out today. That's moodyaudio.com. Mark, I know there are many listeners who are going through a hard time right now, and for some, life feels a little out of control, and their heart maybe is asking the question, is God still in control? Yeah, and so if you're going through a hard time right now, and I I just want to say, first of all, we empathize. Just this past week, I've prayed for people who've lost loved ones, who are going through a messy divorce, who are struggling with cancer. There's no easy answers. However... There is a place, and I just want to remind you this, there is something that God is doing right now, that you're not anonymous, God has not abandoned you, God has not forgotten you, 
There is something that God is doing in the midst of the difficult trauma and the mess. And I love uh, Max Lucado's book, God Will Use This for Good, Surviving the Mess of Life. I like that word, mess, huh? (laughs) Yeah, because in a very clear way, this is a very little book, 56 pages, but the way only Max Lucado can do, he breaks it down to an understandable way, if you're in the middle of a mess, that this mess has a purpose, that God hasn't abandoned you, and that God will use it for the good. Yeah, thank you, Mark. We want everyone to have a copy of this encouraging and empowering guide, especially if you're feeling caught up in the messes of life right now. We'll send a copy straight to your door when you give a financial gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Just put your donations in an envelope along with your request for Max's book, God Will Use This for Good, and mail it to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Or if you'd rather give your gift over the phone, you can call us too. The number is 844-615-7363. And of course, you can give online at boldstepsradio.org. One final reminder, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to our podcast channel and get each of these daily messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device. Whether you prefer Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast app, you'll find us by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Jones like our page and leave us a comment to let us know you're listening and share some of your favorite messages with friends and family. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to come back tomorrow when Mark shows us how to put on the full armor of God. Our message is called You Can Win the Battle and you won't want to miss the series finale. So be listening Thursday for more Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.